It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super duper successful all right so the quote that we're going to start today's show with is success doesn't just come and find you you have to go and get it you have to go and get it all right the title of today's show is starving for success you can't just be hungry for success you got to be starving for success i want to thank all of you for listening want to remind you if ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com that's www.powerhh.com if we're not friends on facebook my name on facebook is mark star m-a-r-k-s-t-a-r-r on instagram it is at Coach Mark Speaks. That's at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S. Make sure you find me on Facebook and Instagram because I put out videos every single day. I drop some wisdom every single day, and you can find it on my Instagram and my Facebook, all right? I love to hear from you guys, so continue to send me your emails, all right? I want to hear how well you're doing. If you got any questions you want to ask me, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is coachmarkspeaks, that's C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com, all right? And for those of you that are in the United States, all my United States listeners, you can Sign up to get my free messages every single morning. Every morning I send out inspirational, motivational messages. All you have to do to get those messages is text the letters BBD to 411247. That's BBD to 411247. And last announcement, if you haven't downloaded my book yet, you can download it for free 99. That's free. All right. www.repeataftermebook.com. That's www.repeataftermebook.com. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Joe Anderson. Now, Joe is a football player who was originally signed to the Chicago Bears after going undrafted in the 2012 NFL draft. After the rookie minicamp, Joe was signed by the Bears. Later on in the season, Joe was eventually waived after having an abdominal and growing injury. Joe would make the Philadelphia practice squad in 2014 before being cut again. Now, with two kids and a wife to support and an NFL career that he wasn't ready to end, Joe realized that he had to do something. Joe decided to pick up a piece of cardboard and he wrote a message on it. On the sign, he wrote, not homeless, but starving for success. Let me repeat that. On that sign, he wrote, not homeless, but starving for success. Joe then put on his sneakers, 
drove over to the Houston Texans practice facility, stood outside and waited. Joe also posted this message on his Instagram page. Hashtag nothing will stop me. Lord, it's all in your hands. All I know is that I believe by faith and see it all happening, even when it looks like a joke before the eyes of man. I fill myself with humility and say, let your will be done and use me to allow others to believe in your power. I'm not looking out my situation with a worldly mindset, and that's what's going to separate me. My hunger can't be matched. My heart can't be compared to. I'm outside the Houston Texans facility every morning because I know what type of gift God has blessed me with. A lot of people don't really live out the meaning, hashtag, whatever it takes. They just saying it. You got to really live that junk if you say it and believe in yourself and trust in the Lord and living it don't just mean holding up a sign. Oh, there's much pain behind holding this sign. And it's not from being doubted or the underdog. Like, how bad do you really want it? Forget a publicity stunt. Boys is really hungry out here. To the point, if the coach want to line up, I'll route him out too. To the point, if it's special teams and the ref get in the way, I'll hit him too. It's something flickering in my head every day with much humility and willpower to go the extra mile when it comes to believing in myself and proving all doubters wrong. I'm not just chasing greatness for myself or family, but for all people that lack faith and want to quit and don't believe God still moves. Dog, if you got a dream, go get that. Let zero what if stand in the way. Go to the grave on E, not off what someone told you that you can't do. Create and tell your testimony. Don't be ashamed of it. Do it all for the glory of the kingdom. Take yourself out of the picture. I'm out here on faith. It's bigger than just collecting a check to me straight up. The way I do, what I do, and why I do what I do isn't just to score touchdowns and gain fame. That's far from the case. I don't need all that because I'm already famous in spirit and you can't get no more famous than that. When I get my shot, You'll see what the Lord is truly about to do in my life, and I pray with all my heart it inspires you to never give up. When your purpose means more than your situation, God will give you favor. Now, shortly after standing up with the sign and posting this message on his Instagram page, Brandon Marshall, a wide receiver for the New York Jets, took notice and shared this message, also saying that Joe was one of the hardest working guys that he had the pleasure of playing with. The two played together in Chicago, and now they're destined to be teammates again. Joe was signed to the New York Jets practice squad. Joe has said, most people won't do something like that because they don't want to be talked about. What will people back home say? Oh, he was in the league, now he's not. You shouldn't be worried about what people think. Now, the reason why I use this story, this is a perfect example of someone that is starving for success this guy isn't just hungry for success he's starving for success and he's putting his mouth where his heart is he's going after his dream he doesn't care what anyone thinks he's holding up a sign in front of a stadium that's how bad he wants it that's how bad he wants it 
He has his dream and he's not giving up on his dream. Now, how many of us would do something like that? And I'm not saying that that's the best route to go about doing it, but how many believe in ourselves, believe in our dreams to the level that we don't care about humiliation or what other people are going to say about us? We're going to work hard and go after our dream. We're not going to quit. Not because someone told us that it's maybe past our time or somebody else doesn't believe in us. We believe in ourselves strong enough to go after our dream. That's what Joe believes in. He believes in himself so strong and his ability so strong that he's going after his dream. And he's not going to allow anything to stop him. Profile number two, Thomas Petrify. Now, Thomas was born in the basement of a Budapest hospital in 1944. His mother had been moved there because of a Soviet air raid after the Soviets liberated Hungary from Nazi occupation. Hungary became a satellite state laboring under a different kind of oppression, communism. Now, Thomas and his family, who were descendants from nobles, lost everything. They basically became prisoners in Hungary. Now, as a young man, Thomas dreamt about being free from that prison and coming to America. At the age of 20, Thomas came up with a plan to escape. At the time, Hungarians were allowed short-term visas to visit family in West Germany, and he took advantage of this. When his visa expired, he decided not to go back home. Instead, he left for the United States. Thomas landed at JFK Airport in New York City in December 1965. He had no money and spoke no English. This man came to America with no money and he spoke no English, but he had a dream. He had a dream. Now, he had a single suitcase which contained a change of clothes, a surveying handbook, a slide rule, and a painting of an ancestor. Thomas went to Spanish Harlem where other Hungarian immigrants had formed a small community moving from one dinghy apartment to another. Now, Thomas was happy and said it was a big deal to leave home and his culture and his language, but he believed that in America he could truly reap what he sowed and that the measure of a man was his ability and determination to succeed. Now, how much is that? Most of us make all kinds of excuses all day, every day. Here it is. This man came to a country that he didn't even speak the language with absolutely no money. But he had a dream. Now, this was the land of boundless opportunity. It definitely was. He got a job as a draftsman in a surveying firm. When his firm bought a computer, nobody knew how to program it, so he volunteered to try. He caught on quickly and soon had a job as a programmer for a small Wall Street consulting firm where he built trading models. Now, by the late 1970s, Thomas had saved $200,000 and founded a company that pioneered electronic stock trades, executing them before the exchanges were even digitized. Thomas bought a seat on the American Stock Exchange to trade equity options. Now, during his career in finance, he has consistently pushed to replace manual processes with more efficient automated ones. He would write code in his head during the trading day and then apply his ideas to computerized trading models after hours. 
Thomas created a major stir among traders by introducing handheld computers onto the trading floor in the early 1980s. His business related to his seat on the American Stock Exchange eventually developed into Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Group is an online discount brokerage firm in the United States. International Brokers Group now has a market capitalization of $14 billion. Thomas has a net worth of $12.6 billion. This is a kid that came to America at the age of 20 with nothing, with no money, not even knowing how to speak English. But he saw the opportunity. And every time he had an opportunity, he took advantage of it. When a computer came to his job and nobody knew how to use it, he stepped up. He stepped up. He saw an opportunity. He stepped up and learned how to use it. By him learning how to use it, that created the opportunity for him to now be a billionaire. For him to now be a billionaire worth $12.6 billion. Profile number three, Alec Gorris. Now, Alec was born in Nazareth, Israel, to a Greek father and Lebanese mother. Alec immigrated to the United States from Israel at the age of 15. His first job was bagging groceries at the age of 15 for 25 cents an hour from his uncle's store in Flint, Michigan. He started the day after his family of eight arrived in November 1968 with just $40 and two suitcases to their name. Alex says that his father was willing to give up literally everything he had in Israel and pack his bags and bring his family here. Now, Alex says that his dad did it for his kids to make sure that they had a better future. Now, Alex's father owned a small construction company in Israel, but knew that his kids would have more opportunity in the U.S., For five years, the family attempted to get a visa to the United States. Now, after five years, they finally qualified, and Alex's father sold their house, which would just barely cover the cost of their airplane tickets to Michigan. When they arrived in Michigan, Alex's father was the only one that knew how to speak English, and everyone in the family was given English names by Alex's aunt. The family would live in a two-bedroom apartment provided by Alex's uncle, which was conveniently located across the street from his uncle's grocery store. Alex and his father started working there the very next morning. Now, Alex's father stressed the importance of hard work and appreciating the opportunities that America provided. The day they landed in America, his dad sat their family down and he said, this is your new country. You have to respect it. You have to embrace it. You've got to work hard and you can do anything you want in this country. Alex's parents were committed to making sure he received a good education. He would lose time in the transfer to the American education system and didn't finish high school until he was 20. Now, after that, he went to college at Western Michigan University, becoming the first person in his family to graduate from college. After graduating, Alex started working at General Motors as a computer programmer, but soon became bored. The nine to five job just wasn't a good fit for him. Alec had an idea to sell business computers to businesses. Alec was financed by his father who had just sold the grocery store that he started a few years after moving to Michigan. Alex's dad gave him his last $8,000 that he had left from the sale and Alex used the money to buy a demo machine. With his father's investment, Alex's family funded 
executive business systems in 1978 out of his parents' basement and sold it in 1986 for a little more than $2 million. Now, Alex's father, who had been diagnosed with cancer, lived long enough to see his son's first big return. Now, this was just the beginning for Alec. The family transitioned from selling computers to buying and selling companies, starting with the money he got from his computer firm. In 1987, he founded the Gores Group, which has since acquired 110 companies and sold some of them. Today, Alec is one of the richest Americans with a net worth of $2.1 billion. He runs the Gores Group, which has $2.5 billion in assets. His brother, Tom Gores, has a net worth of $3.3 billion and runs the Los Angeles-based private equity firm Platinum Equity and owns the Detroit Pistons. Their brother, Sam, is chairman of Paradigm Talent Agency in Beverly Hills. Alec and Tom are two of the 42 immigrants on this year's Forbes 400 list. That means that 10% of the richest Americans were not even born in America. They came to America with little to no money. Now, Alec is a strong believer in the American dream. He says, I love this country. I love what it brings. When you come from a different place and you get to see the freedom that we have, the opportunity that we have, it's insane. Alec stresses the importance of blending into the American culture while also remaining proud of his roots. He says that if you work hard, you're going to get a lot of opportunities. Alec also says that the success of him and his three brothers all started from their parents. Another amazing story. This family came to America with $40. Couldn't even speak English. Only the dad knew how to speak English. But came to this country, hustled, worked hard. And now they got not one, but two sons that are billionaires in two separate businesses. Now, our path towards success usually starts with passion, that thing that gets us excited and lights us up every day. When we find that passion, we will usually ride that wave of excitement and enthusiasm. This wave usually only lasts but for so long. After a while, the excitement will start to die down and our hunger starts to weaken. This is usually the point where many of us end up quitting. We feel defeated, but not everyone will quit. The successful ones will continue on. It seems as though they have an endless supply of determination and mental toughness. These people aren't just hungry. They are starving for success. This extreme desire drives them to defy the odds and continue on even though everyone else has quit. These people want it and they want it bad. This strong desire gives them the power to conquer their fears their failures, all of the setbacks, and survive the years of unnoticed hard work. It can be a hard thing to continue on when faced with doubt and uncertainty, but there are ways to feed that hunger and stay motivated and inspired. Let's now look at a few of these techniques. Number one, change your environment. Now, the physical space where we spend our time influences our energy, actions, and moods And it does this a lot more than we even realize. Take a look around and think about what changes you can make at home or at work so that your work environment moves you in a positive direction. Now, this may include, number one, lots of visual reminders such as having your goals posted up everywhere that you look. 
You come to my house, you're going to see goals all over the place, vision boards all over the place. My house doesn't even look like a house. It looks like an office or something. Number two, a workspace free from clutter and distractions helps you to keep your mind free from clutter. And number three, surrounding yourself with plants that signify growth and photos of those that you love, which may be a big part of why you're doing what you're doing. Number two, create a routine. People who are successful take consistent action and are able to find a way to show up every day to practice and enhance their craft, even if they don't feel like it. Let me emphasize that. Not just when they only feel like it, even when they don't feel like it. Develop a system. If you're working on writing a book, commit to writing 1,000 words per day. If you want to build your business, invest an hour each day learning new marketing and sales strategies. If you desire to become a speaker, spend an hour a day watching other speakers that you admire and practicing your own speeches. Regardless of whatever it is that you want to do, you have to take control of how you spend your time. Schedule your priorities and learn to follow your own rules with focus and discipline so that your priorities become routine and not being done through willpower. Number three, anticipate roadblocks. Expect that there will be obstacles. Expect that you will make mistakes and not just a few, tons of them. This doesn't mean that you look at everything that you do with pessimism. Instead, look at setbacks as opportunities for you to grow and be strengthened. Remember that if the journey was easy, you wouldn't become better. The only way for you to get better is when you're challenged to do something that you previously thought that you couldn't do. Number four, always continue to learn. Learn any and everything there is to know about your field and stay curious. Our brains work better and are designed to learn new things. People who are lifelong learners through books, blogs, podcasts, and seminars and workshops are more creative and more adaptable to change. The knowledge you gain gives you the tools and the frameworks to stay motivated, disciplined, and to execute your potential. Number five, change your language. Every time you say, I'll try and I should, such as, I'll try to go to the gym three times a week, or I should be eating healthy, you give yourself an out. This one is hard. This one is hard because we've probably gone most of our lives saying, I'll try and I should, right? But we got to work on it. Replace the tries and should with, I will and I must, and make this a daily practice. Those words force you to commit. Although they may seem scarier, they are the difference between procrastination and taking action. Number six, get rid of your fears. Now, there are over 60,000 thoughts that run through our minds in a given day. Most of these thoughts we are unaware of because they take place in the subconscious mind. The problem with this is that most of these thoughts are fear-based, such as what happens if so-and-so happens? What will I do if XYZ occurs? What if I lose my job? What if I can't earn money? Most of the time, we are unaware that we are even doing this. If we want to stay motivated, we have to get rid of these fears. A technique that you can use to get rid of these fears is, number one, take out a sheet of paper and write down all of your fears. Number two, write down why you're afraid of those things. And then number three, finally, create a reason as to why everything you have listed isn't true. 
Reference past experiences where you've pulled through or accomplished something you didn't think was possible at the time. And what you'll come to realize is that you're a lot more stronger. You are a lot more powerful than you even realize. Because I can guarantee you, probably a lot of things that you're afraid to do right now, you've done something similar to that in the past. Sometimes we just don't remember. One of the things that I have the athletes that I train do is develop a confidence resume. So think about all the times where they've been confident before and look over those things every single day. Get in the habit of looking over those things every single day. And what that does is remind you that you are a champion, that you are a conqueror, that you can overcome obstacles. Number seven, set goals with milestones. When you set goals the right way with milestones, the milestones offer you short-term markers on the route to achieving your goal. And number eight, visualize your future. Once you have your goals, you can stay motivated by visualizing your future. Visualize what life will be like when you achieve all of your goals. Visualize where you will live and what you will do for work. And then visualize what you will enjoy during your free time, and what places you will travel to. All right, all right, that's all that we have for today's show. want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. Now, I know you have three friends Three friends that should have heard this show. Make sure you share this with them. We don't want our friends to be broke. We want our friends to be successful just like us. So make sure that you share this show with your friends, all right? Tell them about the radio station that you're listening to this on. If they can't tune into that radio station, have them go to the website, www.powerhh.com, and they can go back and re-listen to the shows. And now you guys have something to talk about instead of talking about other people because guess what? That makes us absolutely no money. That gets us nowhere in life, all right? And the quote, the quote, the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, when it rains, other birds occupy shelter. Eagles soar above the clouds, all right? When it rains, other birds occupy shelter. Eagles soar above the cloud. And we are all eagles, all right? Don't forget, you can email me anytime. I love to hear your comments, your suggestions, um, how well you're doing, and, or any questions that you have. www, no, C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. All right? Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the uber successful. All right. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, your net worth 
to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Let me repeat that, that your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. And that's from Benjamin Franklin. The title of today's show is Time for a New Direction. All right. I want to thank you all for listening. Want to remind you if you ever want to go back, if you ever miss the shows and you want to go back and re listen, you can go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. Or if you're in the United States, you can call 857 957 1625 to listen to last week's show. Uh, if we're not friends on Facebook, I would love to connect with you on Facebook. Send me a message. Don't be a stranger. Send me a message. My name on Facebook is Mark Star, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R. And we also have the Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. So make sure you do a search for that. Send us a request and we will gladly allow you in that group. If you're in the United States, I have a daily text message service to get those texts for free. All you have to do is text the letters B is in boy, B is in boy, D is in dog, BBD to 411247. All right. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear what you guys have going on. You can always email me at Coach Mark Speaks. That's C O A C H M A R K S P E A K S at gmail.com. And the last announcement before we get started if you have not downloaded my book yet, I'm telling you. You're sleeping on it. Don't sleep on my book. All right. You can download it for absolutely free at www.repeataftermebook.com. There's somebody that's listening to this right now that every week they say, you know what? I got to download the book. And for whatever reason, they haven't. Go ahead. Do it right now. www.repeataftermebook.com. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, Ryan Blair. All right. Ryan is an entrepreneur and an author. He's the co-founder and CEO of the multi-level marketing company, Visalis. Now, Ryan grew up in Southern California, and as a child, he suffered from ADD. Ryan also had a violent, abusive father that was addicted to drugs. Now, Ryan's father would frequently hold a gun to his mother's head in front of everyone. His father would finally abandon his family when he turned 13. Now, his, he left his mother with Ryan and his younger brother and sister to take care of. His mother would soon become addicted to drugs. Now, at the age of 16, Ryan dropped out of school and joined a gang of criminals and murderers in L.A. He would live in a tool shed for a year and was arrested 10 times by the time he was 16. Now, after his last arrest, he was facing a four-year jail sentence. It seemed like life couldn't get any worse for Ryan, but at age 18, Ryan's life would begin to turn around when his mother got off drugs and started dating a wealthy man who saved him from the criminal gang life that he was living and tried to provide him the best life possible. Mom found a good guy. Now, his stepfather was the first person ever to give him a wake-up call. His words, I have faith in you, pushed him to do something out of his own courage. 
Now, you know, that's a really great reminder that sometimes we just have to encourage people. We don't know the words that we say to someone as simple as they may sound to us. They may be life impacting to someone else because a lot of people haven't had much positivity given to them throughout their lives. So, you know, just by you telling someone that you believe in them, you never know that may make all the difference in the world. All right. Now, Ryan's stepfather was a real estate entrepreneur and gave him a job at Logix Development, which is a computer technical support provider. Now, at age 21, after serving as a vice president of Logix Development, Ryan founded the technical support firm 24-7 Tech. Now, Ryan would go on to start 10 different businesses, failing in each and every single one of them. Now, in 2005, Ryan started another company, Vicealis, but this time things were quite differently. The company started to succeed. Then in 2008, Vicealis started to tank and was $6 million in debt and facing bankruptcy. Now, the company was acquired by another company with Ryan remaining the CEO. Within 16 months, Ryan took the company from $6 million in debt to $150 million in revenue. Now, as of 2012, Vicealis was valued at somewhere around $600 million. Now, in 2011, Ryan authored a book called Nothing to Lose and Everything to Gain, How I Went from Gang Member to Multi-Millionaire Entrepreneur. Let me repeat that. He, he released this book called Nothing to Lose and Everything to Gain, How I Went from Gang Member to Multi-Millionaire Entrepreneur, where he shares the raw accounts of the adversity he went through that helped him to become the man that he is today. Now, his book became a bestseller as he shared the lessons on how he fought back from his adversities, difficulties, and tremendous poverty. Now, although Ryan didn't graduate from high school, he still received his master's and his Ph.D. from the School of Hard Knocks. Let's now look at some of the important lessons that Ryan shares with us in his book. All right. Number one, don't let anyone steal your milk. Now, Ryan says that in jail, the new guy gets tested right away. Usually someone will come by demanding their milk at lunch. If you give it away without a fight, you got tough times ahead. The same thing goes on in business every day. People are always trying to get their hands on your equity or get money out of your company, whether it's by renegotiating agreements or hitting you with lawsuits. You have to stand up for yourself and your principles. Now, because if you allow one person to steal your milk, Others will follow, all right? Number two, make people earn your trust. Ryan says that a lot of times in business, your natural inclination is to trust everyone, in particular, potential business partners, financing partners, and so on. That's a mistake. Ryan never trusts a brand new person on the streets, and he uses the same philosophy now as he did then. You have to earn my trust, he says, and I'm constantly verifying people's intentions and motives. Number three, the strongest guy isn't the most powerful person in the room. Ryan says that the one with the most influence is. This is as true in the boardroom as it is in a street gang. 
You might be the primary equity holder in a company you founded, but watch out for an influential board member who's gunning for you. They can take you out just as easily as a guy with a gun. Number four, number four, street smarts trump book smarts any day. Ryan says that if you want to impress him, don't throw rhetoric, resumes, or buzzwords his way. Tell him a practical vision you have for getting the job done, whether it's in leadership, management, or processes. Number five, get my name right. Ryan says that there are plenty of people in his old neighborhood who didn't want him to succeed. And there are plenty of people that have fancy degrees and who have done it all by the book that don't appreciate his route to success. He says, talk about him all you want, good or bad, because he's not paying attention. Just make sure you get his name right. All right. Profile number two, Johnny Bryant Hunt, a.k.a. J.B. Hunt. Now, J.B. Hunt was an entrepreneur who founded the trucking company J.B. Hunt Transportation Services. J.B. was born in Arkansas during the Great Depression. His dad was a sharecropper. When he was in the sixth grade, he was forced to quit school to help support his family by working in an Arkansas sawmill that his uncle owned. Now, at the age of 12, he began selling leftover shavings from the mill to poultry farmers for use as ground cover in their chicken coops. When J.B. got a little older, he spent some time in the Army. After the Army, he tried his hand in working as a livestock auctioneer, lumber salesman, and he also had a livestock barn business that failed. Now, after the failure of his business, J.B. borrowed $10 from a friend. Hear what I'm telling you now. J.B. borrowed $10 from a friend and hitchhiked to Little Rock, Arkansas, where he took a job as a truck driver, earning $40 a week while on the road every day of the week, including the day of his first child's birth. Now, while driving through eastern Arkansas in the late 1950s, he saw that the farmers were burning their rice hulls, and he remembered from his childhood experience at the sawmill that rice hulls could serve as litter for chicken coops. Now, after he came up with a design to grind and package the hulls, he was able to sell enough shares to raise the $85,000 that he needed to build his packaging plant. Once again, somebody on their job learning something, right? Taking something that they learned on their job and being able to turn it into a business. Now, during the company's first years, they failed to make a profit. A lot of people were telling him that he wouldn't be successful, but he didn't listen and he kept going. By the late 1960s, JB owned one of the largest rice hull operations. In 1969, one of JB's customers complained about the service he was receiving from the trucking company that hauled his chickens and encouraged JB to buy the company's five tractors and seven trailers and take over the contract. JB, who was a former driver, was now an owner. Now, the early years of his trucking company were not profitable at all. Seven years after he started his trucking business, 
JB was on the verge of giving up on his money-losing trucking company when he got some advice from a Chicago lawyer who convinced JB that the trucking industry was going to be deregulated. Now, JB took his advice and expanded his operations, purchasing a trucking company that added 24 trucks and licenses that covered 33 states to his business. Now, in 1980, the lawyer's premonition came to pass as the trucking business got deregulated with the passage of the Motor Carrier Act. And by the close of 1981, JB turned his previous losses into a $2 million profit with sales of $30 million. He was about to walk away from all of this, right? Then somebody gave him some advice. He ended up taking advice, and now he has a profitable company. The following year, JB sold his rice hauling business for $2.4 million and then took his trucking company public. He was able to sell 11% of his shares at $18.5 million. Now, while other trucking companies were losing money, JB continued to expand his company's operation and make record revenues. Four years after going public, the company had grown to become the nation's second largest truckload carrier and the largest publicly held truckload company. Now, over the years, his company has continued to grow into one of the nation's largest trucking companies. By 2004, when JB stepped down from the position of senior chairman, the company was a multi billion dollar business with a B with more than 16,000 employees. The current, the company currently has over 19,000 employees and operates a fleet of 12,000 trucks and over 47,000 trailers and containers. Now JB hunt trucking currently has annual revenues of get this $18 billion. All right. Another guy that started out with absolutely nothing and was able to build his business up with a great idea and a lot of implementation. Now, over the last year and a half, we've talked about habits as much as or more than any other topic. The reason being is that habits are so important to our overall success. Now, a habit is a routine behavior that is repeated regularly and tends to occur subconsciously. Let me repeat that. A habit is a routine behavior that is repeated regularly and tends to occur subconsciously, right? We don't even realize a lot of times that these habits are happening. Now, it was Aristotle who once said that we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Now, this is a further reminder that success does not come overnight. It's our discipline that gets us from where we are to where we want to go. Discipline to turn the behaviors that benefit us into habits and discipline to get rid of the ones that don't benefit us at all. Now, habits can often be tough to build as there are plenty of distractions that can lead us down the wrong road and right back into our old ways. Now, most of the time, the issue is not just being led back to the old bad habits. It's that we don't even know the difference between the bad habits and the things that we may just do every day without thinking much about it. Now, during the first power and a half hour show over a year and a half ago, we talked about the habits of the wealthy. I think it's time that we revisit these habits so we can determine what we should be doing on a daily basis and maybe what we shouldn't be doing, what we need to cut out. All right. Number one, 
live within your means wealthy people avoid overspending by paying their future selves first they save 20 percent of their net income let me repeat that they save 20 percent of their net income and live off the remaining 80 percent now among those that are struggling financially Almost all are living above their means. They spend more than they earn. So here are some tips to help you live within your means. Number one, spend no more than 25% on housing regardless if you own or rent. Number two, spend no more than 15% on food. Number three, limit entertainment, bars, clubs, movies, or whatever else to no more than 10% of your spending. Number four, spend no more than 5% on auto loans. Number five, stay away from accumulating credit card debt. Number six, remember that saving and investing are two completely different things. Try to have six months of living expenses in an emergency fund. It amazes me how many people don't have this. Suppose something happens. Are you going to be able to survive? Number seven, Contribute as much as you can to a retirement fund. All right. So number two, don't gamble. Every week, 77% of those who struggle financially play the lottery. All right. Wealthy people do not rely on random good luck for their wealth. There's nothing wrong with playing every once in a while. But if you're playing and hoping to make it big and that's your big goal or your big game plan, I don't know. You might need to to come up with a new game plan, all right? Number three, read every day. Now, reading information that will increase your knowledge about your business or career will make you more valuable to colleagues, customers, or clients, all right? Among the wealthy, 88% read 30 or more minutes every single day. Let me repeat that. Let me repeat this. Among the wealthy, 88% read 30 or more minutes every single day. Now, 63% listen to audiobooks during their commute. 79% read educational career-related material. 55% read for personal development. 58% read biographies of successful people. 94% read current events. 51% read about history. 11%, yes, I said 11%, Read for entertainment. Don't tell me that you're reading, trying to make yourself better, and you're reading love novels. That does not count. Now, the reason that the wealthy read so much is to improve themselves. This is what separates them from the competition. By increasing their knowledge, they're able to see more opportunities, which then translate into more money. Now, only 2% of those struggling financially engage in daily self-improvement reading. And as a result, the poor don't grow professionally and are among the first to be fired or downsized. Now, think about it for a second, right? If your job has to cut somebody out and one person is steady trying to improve themselves and one person is like, you know what? That's not in my job description. Who do you think they're going to keep? And then that person that gets fired is going to say, man, they just, they're racist or they don't, they're sexist or they're this or they're that, or they don't like me, you know, they don't like me or or whatever. And it's, and they don't even realize is that it's because they never improved themselves. Number four, forget the TV and spend less time surfing the internet. 
Now, 66% of wealthy watch less than an hour of TV a day, and 63% spend less than an hour a day on the Internet unless it's job-related. Now, the wealthy spend their free time in personal development, networking, volunteering, working side jobs or side businesses, or pursuing some goal that will lead to rewards down the road. They're not wasting their time. Now, 77% of those struggling financially spend an hour or more a day watching TV, and 74%, and these numbers probably have gone up since this uh, last study, but 74% spend an hour or more a day using the Internet recreationally. Now, I'm not talking about if you're using the Internet to market your business or to do business or get new customers or whatever. I'm talking about using the Internet recreationally. And this is something that we have to be very careful of. Sometimes we go on there to to use the Internet for our business, but we get dragged into somebody's timeline. We have to make sure that we're really disciplined, that we don't get dragged into just liking a whole bunch of pictures while we're going on there to do some work. Number five. Network and volunteer regularly. Almost 75% of wealthy people network and volunteer a minimum of five hours a month. Now, among those struggling financially, only 10% of them do this. By doing this, you build valuable relationships that can help you in the long run. You never know who you're going to meet while you're out trying to help someone or help a group. All right. It might be the missing person that you need to help take your, um, your business to the next level. Number six. Go above and beyond in work and business. Unsuccessful people continually say, it's not in my job description. Consequently, they are never given more responsibility and their wages grow very little from year to year if they are even able to keep their jobs. Wealthy individuals, on the other hand, make themselves invaluable to their employers or customers. Successful people work hard to achieve the mutual goals of their employers or their businesses. Number seven, set goals, not wishes. Now, you cannot control the outcome of a wish, but you can, and I mean you can control the outcome of a goal. Every year, 70% of the wealthy pursue at least one major goal. Only 3% of those struggling to make ends meet do this. Let me say that again. 70% of the wealthy pursue at least one major goal. Only 3% of those struggling to make ends meet do this. Number eight, avoid procrastination. Successful people understand that procrastination impairs quality, creates dissatisfied customers or clients, and damages other non-business relationships. Number nine, talk less and listen more. Now, you should listen to others five minutes for every one minute that you speak. Let me repeat this. You should be listening to others five minutes for every one minute that you speak. Wealthy people are good communicators because they are good listeners. They understand that you can learn and educate yourself only by listening to what other people have to say. Number 10, avoid toxic people. Now, we are only as successful as the people we spend the most time with. Of the wealthy and successful, 86%, 86% associate with other successful people. 96% of those struggling financially stick with others struggling financially. Number 11, don't give up. Those who are successful in life have these things in common. 
focus, persistence, and patience. They do not quit chasing their big goals. Those who struggle financially usually quit early. Let me repeat that. Those who struggle financially usually quit early. Get rid of the self-limiting beliefs holding you back. This is number 12. Get rid of the self-limiting beliefs holding you back. Now, some of the self-limiting beliefs that they tell themselves are, number one, poor people can't become rich. Number two, rich people have good luck and poor people have bad luck. Number three, I'm not smart. Number four, I can't do anything right. Number five, I fail at everything that I try. Number six, why would I want to be wealthy anyway? Number seven, rich people are all evil. (laughs) Now, each of these self-limiting beliefs alters your behavior in a negative way. 80% of the wealthy attribute their success in life to their beliefs. Number 13, get a mentor. Now, among the wealthy, 93% of them who had a mentor attributed their success to that person. Now, if you know your goals, find someone who has already achieved them and learn all that they know. Number 14, eliminate bad luck from your vocabulary. Bad habits create bad luck. On the other hand, successful people create their own type of good luck. Their positive habits lead to opportunities such as promotions, bonuses, new businesses, and good health. All right. Number 15, know your main purpose. Those who pursue a dream or a main purpose in life are by far the wealthiest and happiest among us. All right. Now, the reason being is that they love what they do for a living and they are happy to devote more hours each day driving toward their purpose that's why it's so important for you to do something that you enjoy doing because you're going to have to put in a whole lot of work anyway you're going to have to put in an increase just a ridiculous amount of work to make it successful but if you love doing it it's not going to even seem like work it's just going to seem like you're doing more of what it is that you want to do all right all right all right well that's all that we have for today's show i know you guys got some good jewels from that i know you guys got some good tips and techniques from today's show make sure make sure that you share today's show with somebody i know you got three friends that probably should have heard this show make sure you tell them about it all right if tell them either about the radio station that you're listening to this on or if they can't tune in or they're in a different area they can always go to my website www.powerhh.com and they can listen all right they can go back and listen to not only this one but any of the other shows don't forget to send me your emails i'd I'd love to hear from you guys Coach Mark Speaks, that's C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. Connect with me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Mark Starr. And on Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. I usually put out daily videos so you can um, check those out, all right? And the quote, the quote, the quote, the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, we first make our habits and then our habits make us. All right, let me repeat that. We first make our habits and then our habits make us. And that's from John Dryden. Thank you much. And until next show.
Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour. And join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 